and welcome to That Voice in the Crowd, episode three. I'm Chris Perry, and um, it's been a while. It really has. It's been probably close to a a month now uh, since I last put out one of these episodes. Um, There's a million and one reasons why it's taken this long. You know, I've moved back to uni um, shortly after recording the second episode. uh, I then started to get more competitions coming in and um I think I've I had about four in the space of five weeks so you know if you know anything about me you know that competing in athletics is a huge part of my life and so uh, at that point it did have to take precedence and then obviously moving back to uni you know we we all know that that's a massive uh, a massive move in itself so you know sorry um, I've not been too consistent with these with these episodes. However, I have used that time productively. I've been planning uh, this episode three for a while now. Um, I hope you guys are all going to enjoy it. I really do. Um, it's going to try. We're gonna, I'm going to try and make it a bit more sort of from the heart. This one, um, you know, and we're going to talk about. Some stuff that a lot of people don't like to talk about, uh, especially especially men. Um, however, you'll all be glad to hear that we do have a guest. And that guest is Jake Faulkner. So, Jake, hello. Hello. It's been a very long time. Um, obviously, with me going to uni, um, you staying put somewhat in Exeter. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you're still working at the moment, aren't you? I am, yeah. It's... Um... Obviously, it's strange times, especially when you work in a wholesale business where you're supplying restaurants and everything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's a yeah. It's just a crazy time. Yeah, and you moved out recently as well, didn't you? I'm still planning on it. I'm yeah. planning to. I've, okay. I've, I've had to halt on that one, thanks to good old COVID, <laughs> who seems to be my best friend this year. Or yeah. Seems to be everyone's friend this year, mm. but um. Yeah, no, we're just trying to make do with what we've got. Absolutely, absolutely. So, the first, so as we spoke just before we started recording, um, the title of this show is Coming of Age, and anyone obviously listening to this, watching this on YouTube, whatever, is going to see that. And, yeah, so, sort of the late night thoughts that I've had when I've been planning these is, if you look back at our fathers, our grandfathers... And I know this is taking a very sort of masculine line, but, you know, we'll try and apply it to a feminine side as well. They all sort of had that coming of age period, sort of around sort of the 18 to 20 demographic. If you look at our grandfathers, great grandfathers, they had sort of the Second World War, national service. You know, that was their thing that brought them into manhood. Our fathers, the majority of, obviously, I can't speak for everyone, but would have gone straight to work at 16 or 18, something around that age. But... Where it sort of broke down a bit for me is when you get to our generation is, you know, we don't have a war. We don't have, you know, we're not the majority of us. Obviously, again, I don't speak for everyone. Don't go straight out to work. We go to university. We go to college. There almost seem to be too many options for us now. And there doesn't seem to be that sort of righteous path. And so I think that's made it somewhat difficult. I know in my family for you know, where do parents draw the line somewhat? 
um, yeah. you know, where do they stop treating you like a child and start treating you like an adult? Like I said, we don't have that sort of rite of passage, so to speak. But I mean, um, yeah, go ahead. It's, it's, it's an, you know, like we said, like we were saying before, it's an odd time. You know, this is absolutely this pandemic is obviously putting a halt on us. Like this is almost our coming of age. This is where we have to figure out where we go from here. Definitely, like, you know, yeah. Obviously, you know, you've had your athletics postponed for you know so long, and only recently it's all fully started up again and things like that. Yeah. And I guess you know, in some ways, that might have been a little bit of an advantage, just because it gives you a lot of time to focus and train Absolutely. while you're set off. Whether Absolutely. that be physically, mentally, you know, whether that be like dietary and things like that, you know, um, and it gives you a chance to like pave that way. Definitely. Essentially. Definitely. And, it's and I, think, I think it makes you learn a lot about yourself as 100%, well. 100%, yeah. Like even with like, you know, our grandfathers being in the war, like fighting and things, they would have had to learn a lot about themselves then. Absolutely. And you know, our parents, you know. The majority of them going straight into work, you know, trying to find their sort of passage and way of life. And, you know, here we are having to sort of base our decisions on what we do next around a virus. Absolutely. And what it seemed, you know, sort of what I dissected from what you said there is we all go through the same thing. We all sort of pave our own path. It's just the way in which we do it is different. You know, yeah. whether it's a war, whether it's straight to work, whether it's, in our case, a pandemic. Yeah. So, you know, that is a de- definitely a way that I didn't think to look at it when I was planning this show. Um, but do you think, I mean, I know you've had struggles in the past with sort of the mental side of things. Do you think there's more yeah. pressure on men, especially now, to I'll, have that figured I'll, out? I definitely think so. Yeah. I think that it's such it's not that it's necessarily brushed aside but it's just because of the fact that it isn't talked about, Absolutely. it is something yeah. that is on the side, yeah. not necessarily by choice, no. but just out of discussion Yeah. like, you know um, obviously I had the um, sort of kick with it last year and things like that and you know I was you know I was just one of those people that was more than happy to speak about it because you know I had people around me that you know suffered with you know similar things um and you know I decided that you know I wanted to make my voice heard and I understand that that isn't easy for everyone but I think I think it like depends who you are and the mentality of it and almost like a nature nurture kind of way about it definitely yeah like you know depending on how you're sort of brought up and educated around that yeah you know like um for example my dad you know anytime he has a problem it's just like a okay just get up and go on yeah you know whereas you know obviously we've got all this accessible stuff like tablets and things like that to control you know, our emotions and our mental health and things like that. And, yeah. you know, obviously back then it wasn't, you know, as advanced or things like that. And, you know, diagnosis wasn't as common. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just a multiple amount of factors that have just gradually built up over time. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't, say it's a, I wouldn't say it's a fault 
of anyone or anything. I think it's just the way that society has almost just fallen on it. We have a very much a uh, an instant society. People want things instantaneously. People want to know what your plan is instantaneously. Yeah. And so the whole process is just sped up in that sense. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well, it's, it is interesting because, I mean, you know, of course, if if this is um, too close and do just say, but were you diagnosed I was, yeah. yeah. Um, at the start of last year, I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety at a mild level. At a mild level, okay. So I was put onto a tablet um, called Sertraline, which controls both yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Um, and I used to have to take it once a day, uh, in the mornings when I was, you know, eating my food or whatever. Yeah. And that was supposed to sort of, you know, set me for the day ahead. Yeah. And in my head, I was a bit like, I hate the fact that I'm on a tablet because it reminds me every day. Yeah. But that was something that drove me even more to sort of like get myself to a better place so I didn't have to rely on something like a tablet. Absolutely. And that's a very masculine thing as well, is we don't want to have to rely on something. We want to be able to do stuff ourselves. Yeah, 100%. Like, you know, like if if I had to go to people, like I would. Like for me, that wasn't, you know, wasn't a problem. Yeah. Um, You know, but I could understand so many people where they don't want to you know sort of open up about everything and yeah. things like that and again that relates back to the environment that you've been brought up in and what you feel yeah. that you can and can't share with the people around you yeah exactly like you know i might go to one person about one thing but you know you might just want to go to another person about another not not because it's got you know anything to do with that person no. but it's like you could be going to that other person because yeah. they've experienced something similar to yourself exactly so you know it's exactly. yeah it's just it's a weird sort of thing to go about at times because you know sometimes when you're feeling like those emotions and things like that you Sometimes you just don't know what to do with yourself about it. And then you start thinking, oh, I could go and do this and do that and do this and do that. You know, and it's it's such a change. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've certainly felt that in the same way of when you do start to feel low, when you start to, you know, get into your own head too much with things, you know, you overanalyze things. The sort of fillers, the time fillers, you know, you go to the shops, you meet friends, you do whatever wash dishes, cook food, whatever. For me personally, anyway, that would obviously fill the time, but it still doesn't take away from those eight to ten hours at night where you're by yourself in your own bed and, you know, you've you've finished the activity, yeah. but that time's been filled now and, you know, certainly in some instances I can remember feeling very empty after, you know, especially sort of, I think after, you know, going out and meeting friends, you have a great time with them and then you all go back, especially at uni, if you're all living at separate accommodations, you go back to all your own accommodations and you're sort of, okay, alone again, whatever. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it's like, I think, I think the thing about, for me, the killer was going to sleep. Like, yeah, I don't absolutely get me wrong, agree. Like, 
my my room for me is such like such a calm and relaxing place like I've got my music I've got you know my lights and stuff I've got my Xbox and things like that which are all like yeah. distractions and things like that that I can have yeah. but it's you know like you said it's those it's those late night thoughts like some of them can be absolutely amazing oh yeah absolutely you, know? you can have some of your most creative moments when you're alone and that's the thing like in for me personally at times you know it was an absolute killer yeah. but other times it was an absolute blessing in disguise definitely because it just allows you to sit there and focus on you yeah definitely you know obviously sometimes you know it can be in a negative way but the majority yeah. you know the majority of the time obviously you want it to be in a positive way yeah absolutely and you know like you say when you do have the negative times those aren't those are pretty much the times that you do need to be talking and you know you sound very clear that you did go about it in the right way and you had sort of a structure around you um, yeah and obviously i don't want to call it like official but you know you say you uh you were diagnosed that obviously sort of pricks everyone's ears up kind of thing is do you get what i mean in that sense yeah, I, I get what you mean. Like, um, for me, it was a bit sudden because, yeah. like, you know, I had... The, the way it had happened was, you know, I was I was thankful that it happened. Um, fun, a teacher noticed yeah. that um, I was underperforming yeah. um, at, um, you know, when it was coming to the final year of A-levels. And uh, they said to me, they said, this isn't like you. No. And, you know, I was, you know, I was sort of bonding, bottling it all up, even. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I kind of just ended up telling my teacher everything. And then I came home and told my parents everything. And then the next day I was at the doctor's and, you know, yeah. I was filling out these forms and circling these numbers. Yeah. And you know, this doctor sat there and told me, you have this, you have that. And I thought... Jesus. Yeah. Like, that's an intense 24 hours. That, was that all and, in one 24-hour period? Yeah. Bloody hell. That was a Monday night coming home from sick form to the Tuesday morning having an emergency appointment at the doctor's. Oh, my God. But, like, it's so... I guess in my, in my head it's so surreal because, yeah. you know, I know people around me that I've been sat down with doctors and therapists for months yeah. trying to, like, figure out, like, yeah. what Definitely. it is they, like, might specifically be going through, what they might specifically need, whether that be a certain type of tablet, whether yeah. that be certain types of tablets, yeah. or whether that be, you know, the need of a therapist or something like that. Yeah, yeah and... I suppose there is sort of a third prong to that as well. Like you say, yours was very, well, within a 24-hour period. The yeah. second prong being these people that are in the system, they know that something's going on, but they don't know quite what, so to speak. Yeah. I would perhaps say that there's a third prong of people that don't want to admit that something's wrong, and this is the, th this is the prong that is the most dangerous, especially, I feel, for guys of our age. 100%. The guys that don't want to admit that something's wrong and therefore don't seek the help. Yeah. And it's that bottling up and it's that 
sort of top level of where it can get really, really harmful. Yeah, because, you know, obviously I was in that sort of position, literally, and, you know, I kept telling myself, I was like, I'll be fine, I'll be fine, I can change it, I can change it. And then sitting down with the teacher, looking at my grades and how they had, like, lowered, made me think, Christ, I really haven't got this, and Mm. I really have to do something. That was... That was the kick yeah. that I ended up having and needed was seeing those groups. You know, my, yeah. my teacher. Yeah. And how long would you say that period prior, sort of the downfall period, so to call it? Um, I think it was just, hmm, I would have said maybe about four to six months prior. Yeah. Like coming back into sick form in that final year. And, you know, I'd obviously had things, you know, happen prior to that with other people and family and things like that. Yeah. um, You know, during that time. Yeah. And then obviously coming back to sick form, knowing that, you know, my A-levels at the the end of this year. Yeah. You know, all these different things. Um, And it's, yeah, in my opinion, it's so surreal. Definitely. And that second... That last year, that year 13, I feel like a lot of people felt it. It really is, you know, it's very, it's two very short years at college. And it is sort of, you go from people saying at the end of GCSEs, you've got all the time in the world, you know, you're going to go to college, you're going to find yourself, you're going to know what you want to do. And then in two years time, you've got to be ready to go to university. You might be going, I mean, in my case, I've gone halfway up the country. Yeah. You know, some people I know have gone to America some people perhaps go to Europe as well. And yeah. it is such a quick turnaround with college that certainly for me, there was pressure to be out in the world, you yeah. know, pressure to be producing, pressure to be not producing in the sense of, you know, like a family and kids, but in the sense of making something of yourself. Yeah. And obviously that is something that's now redefined in this era, you know, you know being a banker or a doctor or a nurse or something of course that is you know phenomenal and nothing against those people but as well there are so many other things you know we have youtube can be a full-time job you know podcasting like i'm doing here i mean obviously this is nothing on the same level but you know there are people that make a genuine living off of it and there are so many new things that can you know you can make yourself with that aren't generally accepted by, yeah. you know, older generations to ourselves. I think one one thing that I liked about what you just said was right at the start when you said about the two years going so quick. Absolutely. And yeah. you said one phrase that made my ears go up was just like everyone else. Yeah. And I think that's what stops a lot of people from talking. Yes. It's because when yes. you're our age... And you're sat there in year 13. Like, everyone talks about how they're struggling. Yeah. It's it's a norm. It's a, it's, it almost feels it's like a, a negative culture. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, it's a proper shadow that, like, looms over your head. Yeah. And you've got to get your head above the clouds to realise the yeah. difference between yeah. your struggle with that time period 
and everyone else's. Obviously, obviously, don't get me wrong. No two people's struggles are the same. No, I mean, if you've got someone saying, I'm struggling and they're getting A's when they should be getting A stars, that's a different struggle to someone who should be getting C's and is getting F's. You know, those are two very different ends of the spectrum kind of thing. But, um, you know, like you just said, the it's the same for everyone. And yep. it's not necessarily something that everyone wants to acknowledge. It's something that I felt definitely coming to university, once you get here, you realise very quickly all the things that you've cared about in the past, you know, when you turn up to college or school, i.e. how you look, um, who you're friends with, yeah. you know, who your boyfriend or girlfriend is, you know, everything in that sense. Nobody <laughs> cares because everyone is just in their own lane. And it was yeah. something that I, certainly in the first two weeks of lectures, you know, obviously I, I dressed like well presented, you know, I'm not going to go there looking terrible but at the same time no one the realization when you can realize that everybody is too busy caring about themselves to be caring about you that is a game changer if you can get that to click in your head yeah i definitely think if anyone can realize that as long as you're controlling what you can control and just letting everything else go over your head that is a really big power move and really will change the game mentally. 100%. Like, there, you know, there are so many times in life where you, you know, it sounds horrid, really, but there are so many times in your life where you've got to be selfish. Absolutely. Like, you really do have to take care of yourself. You First know, in my eyes, it's like, if you can't take care of yourself, how the hell are you going to take care of anyone else? Exactly, or in, indeed raise a family in that sense, you know. Exactly. Like, there have, you know, obviously the likes of us, yeah. we were always people that were willing to go out of our ways for others and help them. Yeah. You know, and there were, you know, there were times where I used to, I used to l- essentially love bombarding myself with like other people's stuff because if I could help them it made you that feel good about yourself me. yeah and then you know and there is a I certain insecurity back, I thought, yeah when I yeah. you know when I when I took a step back I thought Jesus so what am I doing yeah I was like here I am you know I've been up late all night like talking to so and so about so and so and then here I am waking up tired, you know, I'm absolutely knackered, I've got to go about my day, I'm yeah. still trying to get out of my way to help this person. Yeah. Like, you know. And that's yeah. when stuff starts to drop off in your life, in in your case, um, grades. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, as, as you know, you know, these past two years for me personally have been an absolute roller coaster. Absolutely, yeah. And... It's only when you take that step back and you look at it, you think... Bloody hell, I've come through a lot. past it. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, you know, being able to step back and see how far you've come. There does seem to be a lot of the culture around 
how far are you going to get rather than how far you've come? Yeah. Especially, you know, with myself in a sporting sense. You know, everyone wants to know, when are you going to go to the next championships? When are you going to go to the Olympics, etc., etc. But really, you know, I'll be the first one to say I'm not a naturally gifted athlete. So from where I've come, sort of as a baseline when I first started, you know, seeing the work that you've put in up until that point really does it does something for the head. Well, yeah, because we, both of our sort of, I say my athletic ability, mine just came by as a complete accident. (laughs) So for people that don't know me, I ended up training with Chris on, Chris being a sprinter and myself being a jumper. Oh, I remember those days. uh, I started at, in year nine, one yeah. of the uh, guys in my tutor was ill for long jump. <laughs> so was that Joe? They were like, oh, we need someone to fill in. So I was like, I'll do it. Yeah. So I filled in and I broke the school record for that <laughs> year group. I think I jumped, I think it was five metres 46. That's I think not I bad. Got, you should, record have, you was, should have got some club training. The record training. was 537 at the time. Yeah. And that had been set 25 years prior. So I just came along because this guy was ill, went and did long jump, and then we did the likes of Devon Athletics together at like the tournament to a school and things like that. And obviously, you know, obviously you carried it on with Harriers and things like that before, you know, pursuing it here at Manchester. Yeah, exactly. Well, in all honesty, it's been great to reminisce with you, and um, you know, the uh, I really think that we got into some good stuff today um 100%. obviously it's it's not easy to talk about and it's um you know stuff that people don't necessarily want to talk about yeah um, but obviously for any blokes listening and i know there are you know um boys don't don't let the bastards grind you down because i'll tell you what lads, <laughs> it's, it's not worth it I, no. I can tell you first hand it's not worth it no but you know as long as you've got a good set of chaps around you. Yeah. Chaps or girls, you know, equally. it's It works both ways. You know, if you are a girl, again, seek help. Get, even if it's friends, it, it genuinely doesn't matter. You know, don't feel like you're a burden because at the very worst, you know, your friends are going to help you seek some professional advice. And those people do get paid to do that. You know, that's what they're there for. And, um, yeah, no, I can't thank you enough for sharing what you have today. I know that the past two years for you have been phenomenally difficult. Um, so, yeah, no, I really appreciate you coming on today, Jake. No, no problem. You know, like I've, like I've said to you and other people before, it's not, you know, it's not something that I'm going to shy away from because, it's you, part know, of like, who you, like I was, you know, like I was saying earlier, yeah. By me talking about it, if that helps someone else, exactly, that's my job done. Exactly, and that pinpoints what I'm trying to do with this podcast to a T. You know, if I don't know how many people have been listening recently, I've not looked at the numbers, but if we can help one person, whether it's mentally, whether it's physically, you know, if you if it's getting that person out for just their first run, and then that gets them hooked, if it's getting that person to talk to their mate and you know, sorting themselves mentally, then I consider this show a success. 
you know, whether yeah. I'm getting one view or 500, it doesn't matter yeah. to me. But, you know, that's what we're all about here. And, um, yeah, thanks again for coming on today, Jake. No worries, man. Thanks, buddy. So, thank you. That was Jake Faulkner there, sharing some very insightful thoughts with us, uh, some very interesting memories, some good, some bad. But, you know, the main message of that is he's had his troubles and he's worked with them and he's got through them. Everyone has their own struggle. Everyone deals with it in different ways. Um, And the main thing is let's normalise talking about it. That's the only way I see that we can improve this situation. Um, Whether it is indeed with moving to university or whatever other path of life you want to take. You know, this pandemic, for our generation at least, I believe in this show we've justified to be our coming of age. So, once again, thank you guys all for listening. Please share this podcast, put it out there. Um, And yeah, let's try and make a difference in someone's life. Thanks again for watching. See you on the next one. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.